0: Mark chapter ten, verse seventeen is where we're at. We uh, we went through uh, verse sixteen last week, talking about children and bringing your children to Christ and. Uh what it means as parents, how we can evangelize our kids and uh, talk to them about the gospel. Today is a uh, passage that probably most of you are familiar with. I bet most of you heard this story before. You've heard of this guy in the Bible. It's a pretty famous, well-known uh, passage in the Scriptures. And we're going to look at it, and I, I really think it's a, it's a core passage for what does it mean to be a Christian. Okay? What does it mean to follow Jesus? What exactly does that mean to you? Uh, I, think, I think this passage nails it, what, what it means to follow Jesus. So, here we go. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Sell all you have. Give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. And come. Come. Follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. and Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, it's impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to them, We've left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel. Who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to look at your word. And God, we, we want to know what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to to be a Christian, to have Jesus as your king? And I pray that through your word this morning that you would make that very clear to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak, that you would open our eyes to see the glory and the greatness of Jesus. Father, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think this is one of the most tragic passages in the Bible. There are many accounts in the Scriptures about people missing heaven. Um, There's lots of uh, accounts of people who rejected God, who didn't want anything to do with God, who hardened their hearts, who, uh, from all that we know, went to hell. Um, But I think this is one of the most tragic portions in the Bible, because the guy is so close, doesn't it seem like it? You know, he's there. I mean, and that makes something more tragic, doesn't it? When when you're when you're close to having you, you're right there. You know, and and especially when when you're right there and you could have, but but you just didn't. That makes it more tragic. I was thinking about uh, me missing our vacation flight one time with my family, uh, simply because I looked at the ticket wrong. You know, and and I looked at the ticket wrong and. And so we're late and by the time we figure it out and I drop the family off and they, they actually get on the plane and, and I'm running through security and getting down there and I'm 60 seconds from there. And they shut the door, you know, and so I'm standing at the window, you know, in the airport and I'm looking at my family, they're looking out the little window in the plane at me, you know, and, uh, so close, you know, but I missed it. And I mean, that's tragic. It's tragic when you miss something by just a bit. You know, it'd be a tragic thing to, to lose the presidential election, I would think. I, you know, I was thinking about those candidates putting in so much effort and energy. You know, it's one thing, though, to, to lose it by a million votes. You know, it's another thing to lose it by one vote and then realize, honey, did you vote? No, I didn't either. You know, I mean, I mean, that's tragic, isn't it? You know, those of you who are football fans and, you know, it's one thing to lose the national championship by 50 points. You know, it, it's another thing to lose the national championship by one point. And, and realize you missed a 10-yard field goal, you know? I mean, to miss something and have it right there. This guy, he's asking the right questions. Let's give this guy some credit. You know, he, he comes to Jesus asking, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I mean, that's the right question, isn't it? This guy's not thinking about his business. He's not thinking about the right here and now. I mean, he's actually processing, you know what? There, there's a God. There's an eternity. I'm going to die. I want to I have eternal life. I want to be with God. I mean, he's actually thinking about the right thing. He, he comes to the right person. I mean, he comes to Jesus. You know, I mean, the best person to ask this question, he comes to him. He's got the physical Lord Jesus standing right in front of him. I mean, he has a conversation with Jesus. Jesus tells him, do this, you'll have treasure in heaven. Do this, you'll have eternal life. The guy's that close. He walks away. I can't think of anything more tragic than to miss heaven. Having having heard and seen and tasted and been that close. I want us to look at this passage today just simply from the, um, this is the third time I've preached it today. And man, the more I preach it, the more I'm like, man, this is all about the gospel. This is this is simply about what does it mean to follow Jesus. And so that, that's what I want us to look at is what what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to be a Christian? Okay. So let's, let's look at how Jesus answers the guy. Now, initially, when you begin to read this passage, you almost think that Jesus is blowing off the guy. You almost think that he's he's like not answering his question when actually he is answering his question very well. Okay, the question is in verse 17, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Okay, so you're, you're anticipating Jesus' answer being, you need to do this, right? I mean, that's what you're anticipating. You know, the question is, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? You'd think the answer would be, this is what you need to do. Okay, that's not the answer. The answer Jesus gives is, is another question. And, and, and the other question is, why did you call me good? Now, now what is is he splitting hairs here, you know? I mean, he's dealing with the greeting, you know? I mean, the teacher, the, the, the guy comes up and says, you know, good teacher. And that's how he addresses Jesus. And so Jesus' answer to, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life, is another question, why did you call me good? But actually, that, that's, that's right at the heart of the answer of what does it mean to follow Jesus, okay? Because you know what Jesus is doing here? He's saying, okay, you want eternal life? What do you think of me? You see, that's the answer, okay? You want eternal life? You want heaven? Well, ask yourself this question. What do you think of Jesus? You know, where is Jesus at in your value system, okay? Where's he at? Where's he at? Where, where, where does he fall in that? Because that's crucial, okay? So Jesus responds to the guy and he says, well, okay, you, you called me good teacher, okay? And, and notice what he says next. He says, only one is good, God, okay? No one's good but God alone. And so Jesus is like, all right, when you said good teacher, were you, were you, were you really being literal there? Because there's only one person that's good. There's only one being that's good in the universe. Everybody else is bankrupt. Everybody else is broken. There's only one who's good, and that's God alone. And so were you saying, Jesus, I know you're God. You're the only good one. You're, you're, you're the only one with the answer. You're the only one who can redeem. You're the only one that say. Is that what you were saying? Well, unfortunately, that's not what he was saying, you know. Uh, he, he was using the phrase good as we often use the phrase good, very flippantly, right? Larry Hunt came into my office this morning uh, to, uh, to get the title for my sermon and the scriptures. So he can run off the CDs. And uh, after I gave it to him, I said, man, you're a good man, okay? Uh, I said it right even before I even thought about what I was saying. What I meant by that is I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate your ministry, Larry, okay? But, but technically, theologically, that's wrong because Larry's not a good man, okay? You know why he's not a good man? Because nobody is good. Okay? Romans chapter 3, verse 10, as it is written, none is righteous, no not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Nobody is good but Jesus alone. Nobody's good but Jesus alone. Okay, but that, that's not what this guy thought. This guy is thinking, okay, he's Jesus is good and I'm good. You see what we begin to see about this guy is not only does he have a wrong view of Jesus, but he has a wrong view of himself. You see, your view of Jesus is it's going to affect your view of yourself, right? And most of the time, here's kind of how we look at things. He was kind of looking at it. Jesus, you're, you're a good teacher. And I'm right below you. I'm a good guy, right? I mean, that's how he was looking at Jesus, all right? And, and that's a completely wrong way to look, okay? Jesus is good, and I'm bankrupt, okay? Jesus is infinitely good, and I'm infinitely broken. That, that's the way we need to look at Jesus. And so the next thing Jesus says to the guy... Okay, why'd you call me good? That's his first one. What do you think of me? What what are you saying about me? Okay, the next thing he says is, well, you know the commandments: do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. I really think in this in this section, Jesus is trying to get him to see himself rightly. Okay, because he doesn't see himself rightly, and so Jesus gives the last six commandments. Okay, five through ten is what we get here. And, and why does he pick 5 through 10? Because I think he's going to deal with 1 through 4 in just a minute, okay? 1 through 4 is all about God. But he deals with 5 through 10. Number 5, honor your father and mother, okay? You know what the guy says? The guy thinks about his life. He says, yep, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Check that one off, okay? You know what I want to say? Really, you know, can we talk to your folks about that? I mean, really, you're telling me that you never, from the time of your childhood, you never disrespected your dad. You never spoke to your mom in a disrespectful tone. You, 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 ne- you never disobeyed. You never didn't do what you were supposed to do. You, you, you always obeyed and honored your father and mother perfectly. Is that what you're saying? He says, check that one off. Well, number six, you know, that shall not murder. Okay. well, you know, maybe you could get by with that if you just take it literally. But remember what Jesus said about this? Uh, Matthew chapter five, you've heard it was said that of those of old, you shall not murder. Whoever murders will be liable to the judgment. But I say to you, everyone who's angry with his brother will be liable to the judgment. God sees the heart. And where does murder come from? Murder comes from a murderous heart. Murder comes from you being angry. You stewing in your anger, not dealing with your anger, stoking your anger because you want to hurt somebody you're angry because of what someone did to you and you you want them to be hurt okay hey that's a murderous heart number seven you should not commit adultery he says check that one off well maybe he hadn't actually slept with someone who wasn't his his wife but you remember what jesus said about that in matthew chapter 5 he, he said you've heard it said you should not commit adultery i say to you everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery in her heart, in his heart Jesus said, "Man, if, if in your heart you you want to have a sexual relationship with someone, if in your heart you want to gratify yourself sexually by by by, by someone else, you, you're already an adulterer in your heart." Number eight, you shall not steal. You really tell me you've never taken anything that wasn't yours. You've never not given what you ought to have given. You've never you've never not fulfilled your your, your obligation to someone. Number nine, you've never lied. Are you telling me that you've never exaggerated? You've never told a half truth. You've never you've never left out part of the uh, of, of the answer to make yourself look better. Are you telling me you've never deceived in any way? And this guy looks at those commandments and says, Jesus, I've done it. I've done it. Now, don't be too hard on the guy. Because honestly, if you walked out of this church and into into these neighborhoods and you just went door to door and took a poll and said, hey, tell me, do you think you're going to go to heaven? Most people would say yes. And if you said, why do you think you're going to go to heaven? You know what most people would say? I guarantee you the top answer would be because I'm a good person. Ask. Try it. Give it a try. That's what people are going to say because I'm a good person. Most people look at themselves just the way this guy did. I'm really a good person. You know, I'm fundamentally a pretty good guy. I try to treat people God is really pretty happy with me. I just need to know what's the one thing I got to do to push me over the top. I mean, most people look at themselves as being right close to heaven. They're almost there. They just need one thing. They need one good deed. They need one good work. They need, you know, do I need to go to church do I need to give some money? What do I need to do? What do I need to do to push me over the top? That's the way most people look at themselves. But that's completely wrong. You are spiritually bankrupt. I am spiritually bankrupt. And so Jesus looks at the guy, verse 21, notice this, and he loves him. Now, that's really important to to keep in mind, okay? Okay. Because why it is, is because what Jesus is about to say is set out of love, okay? When I read this next verse, it's going to bother you. If it doesn't bother you, you're not listening to me, okay? Uh, for real. If, if this verse does not bring about a little bit of angst in your gut, then you are not listening this morning. Because this ought to stir you up, okay? But I want you to remember, as I say it, as I read it again, Jesus is saying this because he loves this guy. This is, the, this is what this guy needs to hear, okay? Here we go. Verse 21, And Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Now, why does Jesus tell him that? Let me tell you why Jesus tells him that. Because fundamentally, at the heart of the gospel, here it is, folks, at the heart of what it means to follow Jesus, you've got to value and love Jesus above all. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay, Jesus can't be one among many things that you really like, okay? That, that, that doesn't cut it. Following Jesus is not saying, man, I tell you what, I'm all about money. I'm all about my business. I'm all about, you know, my, 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 my car collection. I'm all about this. I'm all about that. And, hey, Jesus, you are right there. You come in fourth, Jesus. You're fourth. Isn't that great? You're in the top five, Jesus. You got to feel really good about yourself. You're above Subway cookies, you know? You're, you're right there. Okay, that's not following Jesus. That's not being a Christian, You say, Jesus, you know, I give give you some, Jesus. You know, that's not being a Christian. Some to Jesus, I surrender. I'll give you a little bit. Okay, that's the way some people ought to sing that song. Because that's really what they mean in their heart. Jesus, I'll throw you a little bit. I'll give you a little bit. I'll follow you a little bit. I'll trust you just a tiny bit. If it's not too hard, if it costs me nothing, maybe, Jesus, I'll give you a little. That is not a Christian. You say, but I prayed the prayer. Sweet. Great. Show me in the Bible. Thou shalt pray the prayer and be saved. It's not there. Now, do we sometimes express salvation through a prayer? Yeah, I'd say most of the time. I'd say most of the time when God changes our hearts and we say, Jesus, I see myself. Lord, I'm bankrupt. I'm shot. I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner. And you're, you're glorious. You're everything I want. Jesus, I'll, please save me. Yeah, true. But it's not the prayer. It's not the baptism, it's not the water. It's not the coming forward. It's not being a member of a church. A Christian is somebody who sees that Jesus is everything that I need. Jesus is my God. He's Lord. I want him above all. He's more important to me than everything. That's what a Christian is. A Christian is someone who follows Jesus, okay? Remember I said that Jesus left out the first four commandments. Why? Because I think this phrase right here picks them up. What are the first four commandments? Thou shall have no other God, where? Before me. Before me. Nothing before me. Nothing greater than me. You shouldn't love anything more than you love me. Number two, don't make for yourself any idols. Number three, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. As you speak about God, honor him. Number four, remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Man, give God your time. Give him all your time. It all belongs to him. Your life belongs to him. Okay, so... so, Those four, aren't they summed up in this one statement? Go, give everything you got, follow me. Yeah, they are. What's Jesus doing here? Jesus is saying, what do you think about me? That's what he's saying. That's where he started, right? Hey, you called me good. Why'd you call me good? What's at the heart of that? What do you think about me? But he he zeroes in right here and says, look, I want to know, where's your allegiance? I want to know, what do you love? I want to know, what's your priority? What is it? What is it? Folks, following Christ is loving him more, valuing him more, treasuring him more than anything else in your life. Seeking him first, valuing him most. Why? Because he is the best thing. You see, if you're not convinced of that, you're not a Christian. If you're not convinced of that, you're not going to follow him. If you're not convinced of that, you're not going to trust him. You're not going to give him your life. You've got to be convinced. Jesus is better than everything. Jesus is better than anything else. Let me try to put this in an illustration form. Something that you can you can identify with. Shopping. Right? Some of you, huh? Shopping, that's it, right? So let's let's think about Jesus in regards to shopping. Let's shop for a God, shall we? Okay, now I know I'm going to get hate email about this. You know, it says you can't shop for Jesus. You know, and I, you know, I'm. It's just an illustration, okay. Uh, G, either Jesus is God or He's not, okay. That's what it comes down to. But uh, the Old Testament does this. The Old Testament takes passages and says, "Hey, let's talk about your idol. What exactly can that rock do for you?" Okay, so that's the spirit in which I'm doing this. Okay, so let's let's shop for God. Okay, and if we're going to go shopping, we went shopping yesterday. Uh, my family got back from they were gone for for a weekend convention, and we went shopping because Addie needed shoes and Avery needed shoes. And so we went shopping, and part of what you do when you go shopping is you say, which is the most valuable shoe, right? I mean, that's what you're looking for. What's the most valuable one? What's the best one, right? Now, for Avery, that's easy because they're all the best one, you know? I mean, just, you know, try one on. Oh, it's great! I love it, Dad! You know, try another one on. Oh, it's great! I love it, Dad! You know, and and finally, you know, it's pretty easy. We got her done right out of the way. Addie is, oh, it's hard to shop with Addie. Man, she's just, I tell you what, guys, just blessed me. She's a, a beautiful teenager in that she, she doesn't want anything. She doesn't want me to spend money on her. You know, but she's one of those kids. that's just like, dad, it's fine. You know, I don't need anything. So, honey, your toes are sticking out of your shoes. You know, she's like, it's okay, dad. Do we have some tape? You know? I mean, she just, you know, that's just kind of add, you know, you know she's just kind of, ah, you know, just kind of like that. And so, so I really had to work with her. And so what we had to do is we had to create categories. That's what you do when you go shopping, you create categories, right? So if you're shopping for shoes, you got the comfort category, right? You've got the comfort category. You've got the, um, you got the, the does it feel good standing up? Because we, 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 she, she works and, and, she, and she stands at her job almost the whole time. So I said, look, these got to be good. You gotta, they got to feel good when you're standing, okay? Uh, number three, do, the, do you like them? Do they look good? Are you willing to wear them, okay? Or are you going to be embarrassed of them when you walk out of the house, all right? And number four is the price category. Now, number four is the easiest one, okay? The $200 shoe, that's not the most valuable shoe right away. Put that one away. It's not the most valuable. We're not getting it's just it's not valuable to me, okay? I'm not buying you 200 dollars So that one goes right away. So the cat price category is pretty easy. The other ones you have to try on, right? You gotta try them on, you gotta walk around, we go and go through this. Is it comfortable? You know? Do you like? You know, blah, 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 blah. How's this one feel? You know, so we go through these categories. You know, she tries one on. This one feels okay. This one hurts my foot, okay. It's out, you know. I mean, try one on, she like, Oh, these are really comfortable, Dad. I picked them out, they're like this blazing orange and red, really bright. I thought, oh, Oh, man, those are cool. You know, she puts them. You know, she's like, yeah, they feel really nice, Dad. And I said, well, hey, are these it then? Do you want to get these? She's like, I don't know. You know, I was like, honey, you know, do you, I said, do you like the looks? And she's like, not really. You know, I said, like, right, get them off. You know, why do we even try them on? You know, I mean, they don't fit in the category. Okay, so you got these categories. Right? Are, are you all with me? We do that shopping. That's not the way you shop. That's the way I shop, right? You cat- categories. Which is the most valuable? Vit- what are you looking for? What's the best one? Okay, so what's your categories for your God? What are they? I'm going to throw some out. I bet these are somewhere close. Joy giving. Is this thing going to give me joy? Is it, it going to give me peace? Is it, is it going to be a practical help in my life? Is it going to be wisdom producing? Is it going to be dependable? Is it going to have longevity? Is it beautiful? Is it right? Okay, those would all be categories maybe as you shop for your God. How about money? Where's money fit out in there? That's, that's where this guy's at. Put it through there. You know what a lot of people are going to say? Yep, that's my God. You say nobody would say that. Had someone say it Monday. It was so refreshing. I tell you, I, I, I mean, I, I, my heart broke for the person, but, but it was so refreshing to actually have someone give me an honest answer. You know, I talked to him, I was talking to him about, you know, what's your faith in? What's your trust in? Who's your God? And the person said this to me. They said, you know, really? In fact, I was about walking away because we'd had a conversation. I was walking away. They said, you know, I could just tell, they wanted to tell me, they wanted to be honest. They said, you know, I'll tell you what it's really about. My experience is it's about money. They said money is what what gets you things. Money is what gets you places. Money is what takes care of you. I I disagree, but man, I, I so value them saying that because here's what I think. I think there is a large percentage of people in our town who would say in their hearts, Yes. That's what I believe. Now, I actually disagree. Um, I don't think money will bring you joy. I really don't. I think it'll bring you little glimpses of uh, woohoo, you know. But I, I don't think it will bring you joy. I really don't think it will satisfy your soul. I don't think it will be dependable. I don't think it will be there for you on the long haul. I don't think it will do anything for you in the grave. I don't think it will bring you wisdom. In fact, it may do the opposite. I do not think it will uh, will, 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 will make you into a better person. In fact, I think sometimes, many times, it makes you into a worse person. So I'm out on money. But but, but just run, run, your, run your shopping cart through those categories, okay? Run possessions through there. Run self through there. Run sex through there. Run, run the praise of men through there. Run, run those. Through And just ask yourself, what, what's most valuable? And here's, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm telling you. What the Bible says, and you may not see this today, and I pray you see it someday. What the Bible says is Jesus in every one of those categories knocks it out of the park, okay? Jesus is what brings joy. Jesus is who brings peace. Jesus is the one who's dependable. You will you will always be able to count on him. Jesus is the one who will last. He has longevity all the way into eternity. Jesus is the one who will bring beauty. He is the one who will bring wisdom. Wisdom. Jesus is the most valuable. That's Christianity. Christianity answers that question by saying, Jesus is God. And, and because he's God, because he's the best of all beings, because he, he's, he's better than anything, I can trust him and I can follow him and I can lean on him. And I can I can give him my life. Because he's better than everything. Now I know what some of you are gonna say. Some of you are semi Bible scholars and the way that you kind of squirm out of what Jesus says here about sell all you have, give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Follow me is you're saying, well, (laughs) thank the Lord, Jason, that I read my Bible and Jesus did not say that to other people. You know, I mean, other people came up to him and he would say something different. You know, I disagree. I disagree. I, I think he said that to everybody. Just maybe not specifically. Let, let me give you an example. A couple weeks ago, a month ago, we, we looked at this passage in Mark 8. okay? And Jesus says, if anybody would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. Verse 35, chapter 8. Whoever would lose his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. What does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and forfeit his life? What can a man give in return for his life? What's Jesus saying? Give me it all. Is he not? You know what that said? Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. What's that saying? He's saying, give it all. What does it mean to to, to be a follower of Jesus? It's to say, Jesus, you are my everything. I put you first. And my life is yours. The old Jason's dead and buried. Know what baptism means? The old Jason is dead. The old Jason is dead. That's That's what it means to be a Christian. You're saying, well, pastor, I see you still have a checkbook, you know. Hey, true, true. But you know what? It's his. It should be. I'm not saying I do that perfectly, but it should be. It belongs to him. He told me pay pay the mortgage this month, so I did. You know, He told me to buy food for the kids, so I did. He told me to give this morning, so I did. He told me to give specifically above my tithe to labors of love because um, there's been a lot of benevolence need in our church recently, so I did. My time, tis. Do I do that perfectly? No, I sin. Sometimes I'm selfish. I, I, I'm not saying, you, you know what I'm saying? But here's what I'm saying. If you're a Christian, didn't you give it all? Did you give it all? Did, did you turn away from everything and say, Jesus, my life is yours? You should have. That's what it means to be a believer. And then the rest of our life, we're living that out. Not perfectly, but we're striving to live that out. That's what it means to be a Christian. Man, I remember in my own conversion, I remember my own conversion, middle of the night i'm I'm born again but 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 one of the pictures in my mind is later that week i'm coming back from talking to my pastor and i'm driving on the pince road and i just remember being just overwhelmed with the glory of jesus overwhelmed with man jesus i just i want you i want you whatever that means i want and i remember i took my hands off the steering wheel it's just a significant time in my life i know it's gonna sound like a silly story to you took my hands off the steering wheel on driving on the pince road and, and i just i said this i remember i said jesus i'm yours whatever Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me it's all yours. Man, you know what, Jesus, he was working salvation in me. That's what it means to follow Jesus. Salvation is by faith. It's by trusting him. But listen, you won't ever trust him unless you see him for who he is. Let me ask you a question. What price is too high to pay for salvation? Okay? Go back to your shopping illustration. If the price is too high, it doesn't matter how valuable the good is, you don't buy it. True? Right? That's true. You know? Hey, if we'd have walked into that shoe store yesterday and, and all the shoes had been $200, you know what we'd have done? We'd have walked out, you know, with nothing. I'd said, you know what? Let's go get us a cow. We can, we can make our own shoes, you know? I mean, we'd have done something else, okay? What price is too high to pay for Jesus? Well, let's... Please answer that, okay? Answer in your own mind. This is going to be really significant, okay? So I want you to bundle up. Let's bundle up salvation, shall we? Let's go ahead. The forgiveness of your sins, being joined to Jesus, being joined to his resurrection life, the, the resurrection of your body someday, to go to the new heavens and the new earth, the Holy Spirit in your life, the transformation of your old self, being coming new, fellowship with Christ, fellowship with God. Put all that in a bundle. Now I want you to ask yourself, ask yourself, what would you not give up for that? would you not give up what would you say if if God put his finger on it in your life and said all right I want you to follow me but you got to get rid of that what in your life would you say no family money things job praise amen you're saying praise amen hey that was me 17 years old I hear the gospel I hear it clearly I have an evangelist stand up from the pulpit and point me out of the crowd by name. And he says, I think God's speaking to you, Jason Dirks. You know what I did? No. I didn't say it with my mouth. But I knew what it meant. I knew becoming a Christian would mean I would go to my high school and I would be made fun of. I knew that. I knew that. You know why? Because I made fun of a girl. Just not too long ago. I knew, I knew it would mean that I didn't win the party guy anymore. I knew it would mean giving up my reputation. I knew it would mean that, that I wouldn't be the, you know, state champion wrestler guy on campus. I, I knew it would mean being mocked. Nope. Jesus. That's more valuable than you. And I said no. Hey, what's in that blank for you? That's what it was for me. What's in it for you? What's in that blank? What's 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 more important to you than following Jesus? Unfortunately, I said yes about a year later. <clears throat> you know how awesome it was? It's was awesome to be mocked. It really was. It, I mean, really. I'm actually began to be enjoying it. Because all of a sudden, Jesus was so much better. What's what's in that spot for you? Let me tell you, whatever's in that spot for you, that's your idol. You say, man, I wouldn't give up my kids for Jesus. Okay. Your kids are your idol. You're worshiping them. You say, well, I tell you what, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Okay, that's your God. I mean, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just telling you, that's your God. Well, I wouldn't give up my position. I wouldn't give up my money. Okay, that's that's... I mean, this is a good way to figure out what is your God. It's the thing that you won't give up if God put his hand on it. You know, I I just kind of got this this week. I I was reading something and somebody mentioned Abraham and I thought, man. The rich young ruler is the anti-Abraham. Have you ever thought about that? I would never thought about that. This guy's the anti-Abraham. Do you you remember Abraham? Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. it's childless. What's the most important thing him and Sarah? Having a son. You know, and, and so God appears to them. I'm God Almighty, and I'm going I'm to bless you. I'm going to give you a son. You're going to have descendants as many as the stars of the heaven and the, and the, and the sand of the sea. And I'm going to bless you through your, your family. All the, all the world's going to be blessed. Abraham waits for 25 years. He's 100 years old. Finally, Sarah, at 90, has a baby. It's a boy, Isaac. Oh, all of his hopes rest in Isaac. All of his dreams are in Isaac. So what's God do? Genesis 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I tell you. (gasps) Why? Why would God do that? Is God against sons? Not at all. God gave him the son. It's a test, isn't it? Did you notice the first part of that? God tested Abraham. What's the test about? Abraham, what do you love most? What do you love most? What's most important in your life? What is it, Abraham? Is it Isaac or is it me? You know how the story goes. It goes a lot better than the one we're now. (laughs) Abraham takes his son, puts him on the altar, binds him, takes the knife in his hand, Man, you had to know tears had to be just streaming. He's bringing the knife down. Angel of the Lord. I think it's the pre-incarnate Christ stops him. Here's what he says. This is verse 12. Don't lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know you fear God, seeing you've not withheld your son. What was the most important thing to Abraham? God. Hebrews 11 is a commentary on that passage and it tells us that Abraham, it tells us what he was thinking. He was thinking, you know what? Even if I slay him, God will, God will raise him up. That's what he was thinking. God, God can raise the dead. He just trusted God. Well, this guy doesn't have a happy ending like Abraham. This guy, God puts his finger on the guy's money. He's like, sorry, Jesus. I, I just really love my house. And, and, I, and I love when I pull up in my chariot I love the way people look at me. And I I love when we're eating at the nicest restaurant in town. I love love what people think of me. And and I love the power that comes with my wealth. And Jesus, and he's brokenhearted about it. He is. It says he's sorrowful, but he walks away. He walks away. Jesus gives a little commentary on this. It's really interesting. Notice verse 23. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Disciples are amazed. They're like, What? You know, what? What are you talking about, Jesus? By the way, that ought to stir you up. You know why? Because you're rich. You say, No, 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 (laughs) Pastor, I'm not rich. (laughs) I'm not rich. Donald Trump's rich. I'm not rich. Okay, Jesus called this guy rich. This guy did not have a microwave. How many of you got microwaves? For real. This guy did not have a little device that he could punch numbers into and get a hold of anybody. You got one of those. This guy didn't have a minivan. Take out on the highway. Get it up to 50. Drive wherever you want. You're rich by his standard. Oh, it's really easy for Americans, isn't it? To put our hope in that. What's Jesus say? He says it's impossible. Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 25, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Okay. I have seen camels and I have seen needles. And that ain't happening. True? What does Jesus just say? He just said, nobody, nobody will put him Above everything else in their life. On their own. Did you notice what he said? With man this is impossible. Okay that tells us something about salvation doesn't it? It tells us that you can't come to God on your own. God's got to do it. God's got to give you a new heart. You know why? Because on your own. You'll value everything else above God. Because your heart's broken. It's defective. And you'll love everything else more than you'll love God. With man it's impossible. It's impossible easier to stuff a camel through a needle, needle's eye than it is to come to christ you, you know think about that folks this guy walks away he's got jesus right in front of him he walks away you know what's amazing that anybody gets saved you know sometimes you bring your friends here and you're like oh, they're coming to church you know and you're, you're praying for me you're like please don't blow it like you did last week please just say something clearly you know and 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 i do you know i say something clearly you know, it's not the best, but it's okay. And you're like, man, he presented the gospel. And, and your friend walks out and your friend's like, hey, see you, son. See you Monday, dude. You're like, oh, how could they not? No, you know what? That makes perfect sense to me. You know why? Their heart's defective. They'll love everything before God. They'll love sex before God. They'll love their pleasure before God. They'll love cookies before God. They'll love food before God. They'll, they'll love anything before God. You know what's amazing? What's amazing is when someone turns away from everything and says, Jesus, I'm yours. Whoa, when that happens, you know what happened? Something supernatural. Okay? God changed their heart. God stuffed a camel through the eye of a needle is what he just did. You know why? Because God can make new hearts. Now, whenever God does that, you know what we're going to say? We're going to say, okay, God, now what's for us? That's what Peter says. Verse 28, Peter began to say to him, see, we've left everything and followed you. Peter's like, hey, that guy's walking away, but we we did what Jesus said. We left house and mother and father and wife. and we, we were, we're following you, Jesus. We've given you it all. Here's what Jesus says. I love this. This is one of my favorite verses in Mark, by the way. Truly, I say to you, there's no one who's left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my name's sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now, in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions in the age to come eternal life. You know what Jesus says there? Jesus says, is there a cost to following him? Yes. And he never hides that. Ever. Ever. He never pulls a switcheroo. You read through your Bible. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. I mean, over and over again the Bible. I mean, He's very clear. It's going to cost to follow me. You can't follow everything else to to love me. You can't love everything else to worship me. You can't worship everything else. It's going to cost. But then he comes back and says, but oh, to have me. See, here's where it's crucial. What do you think about Jesus? Jesus says to have me, to have me will be to have a hundred times more than whatever you gave up. Nobody ever comes out the loser when they follow Jesus. Isn't that awesome? No, Jesus never owes anybody, okay? You know what I mean by that? Like if I take you out to McDonald's and then you take me out to JB's, I still owe you, right? You know, I, I got the better deal on that. Okay, listen, don't ever get to thinking in your head, Oh man, well, my God, I gave up an hour today at church, you know. Man, God owes me. He better bless. I sat through that whole boring thing, you know. And I gave a little money. And I, I, man, I served in children's church. I'm a martyr. They ought to put a plaque up for me, right? Hey, I don't care what you've given up. If you've got Christ, He's a hundred times more to you than anything you've left behind. He will be that to you. He will be that to you now. He will be that to you in this life. And in the age to come, eternal life. Does that mean your life's going to be easy? No. Notice he adds, with persecutions. I think that's that little phrase is to remind us. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But Jesus will be more to you. He'll be more to you. Friends, this passage is the gospel. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Are you following Jesus? So this, this is one of the clearest pictures I know. What does it mean? Turn away from it all. Pick him. Love him. Serve him. Come hard after him. And he will take care of you. Amen. That's the gospel. You respond to that. You know, some of you, as we've been talking, man, that one question. What would you not give up for Jesus? I'll tell you, if there's something in that blank, friends, that's your idol. And you are an idolater. And you need to turn away from that today. Let go of it. Let go of it. Turn to Christ. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you would move in our hearts, Jesus. Do the impossible in us. Move in our hearts, God, and show us who you are. Show us your greatness. Show us your glory. Show us your majesty. Jesus, show us. God, change our hearts so that we love you and value you and cherish you and treasure you above everything else. God, forgive us for our idols. Forgive us when we put something above you. God, nothing's above you. Lord, we want to see that rightly. God, do the impossible in us today for your glory, Jesus, for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.